BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friend, it's Nicole, host of the Nicole Walters podcast. Here's where we laugh, we cry, and we grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Let's get started. Hey friends, I am so excited about the chats that we've been having. We have had a couple of really great episodes kicking off this season, and I am so excited about the feedback that I've been seeing on social, and you guys have been sending me messages in the DMs and just sending me the best Q&A and all that jazz, and it's just been so fun for us to connect and have friend time and all that good stuff. So, Thank you for being part of this conversational process because I think that we're both growing together and we're learning together and we're doing life together. So I'm really glad to have you back again this week. And I want to let you know that today on this one, I'm actually kicking off with one of my first interviews that I've ever done. I think in the three seasons of the Nicole Walters podcast, I've probably only ever done, gosh, three interviews, maybe four. And um, today's guest is legendary. I mean, truly one of the most impactful people. She came into my life and changed my life. And she's actually going to be speaking on a subject that's really important to me. And and I kind of want to start talking about it now. She's going to be chatting all about boundaries. And we know that boundaries are important. We know that they affect our life. We know that they are impactful. And she's going to come on and talk about boundaries, not just with you, but parental boundaries, boundaries with children and respecting their autonomy in an ever more public and visible world. And then also some tips around how to, you know, engage with your children as you're teaching boundaries and how to leverage your responsibilities. So I couldn't think of a better person to bring on. So uh, stay tuned for that one because it is chock full of goodness. And of course, like all of our episodes, unless I give you a warning otherwise, it's totally cool for the family to stay in the room. So if you're listening to this in the car with my internet nieces and nephews listening in the background. I love y'all. You know, you can turn up the volume on this one because it's all set. Now, before I get into all that goodness, because it's going to be amazing, let's go ahead and answer some Q&A. Now, we had some great messages come through. Thank you guys for always being so open to keep this a dynamic conversation. And this first one is from Portia. How do you balance new life, new marriage, new career, and infertility issues. (sighs) Sounds like you are caring a lot, friend. And first and foremost, I'm just praying for you and not just you, but anyone who is 
going through a lot of transitions in their life. And of course, you know, on top of that, struggling with infertility. It's not easy to want to create life or to create something with a partner and not have ease in doing that. But I am, you know, standing in agreement that everyone will have their breakthrough when they're seeking it. And as an adoptive mother of three children, I personally haven't struggled with infertility issues, but I also understand what it's like to raise children who um, may not have been blessed in an ideal situation where they were wanted. I understand the other side of it, you know, wanting children and struggling with being able to to have that. And there's nothing more beautiful than a child that's wanted. So just praying over you and praying over anyone listening who may be challenged with that right now. Now, Portia, the first thing I want to let you know, and I hope you hear me when I say this, is that you've got to stop putting pressure on yourself to feeling like you're supposed to be in balance. When you talk about a marriage, when you talk about a career, when you talk about just trying to live and keep up with everything on top of setting goals around starting a family, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I'll be the first one to tell you that balance is bogus. It really is. The best we can ever do is just try to juggle as much as we can right? If we've got balls in the air, we just want to make sure that we're not dropping ones that are glass, things that have to do with our health, things that have to do with our faith, things that have to do with our children when we do have them. You know, these are the things that are the most fragile, and we want to make sure we kind of keep those going, but everything else is kind of rubber. You know, if there's a due date at work that is putting an undue stress in your life, use your communication skills to talk to your boss and say, look, I want to turn in my best work. Is there any flexibility here to make sure that I have the room to do that? What I found is that whenever things are getting really out of balance, it's usually a sign that I was in flux with my boundaries. I've either overcommitted or I've set expectations that I'm able to do more than I actually can. Or I put myself in a place where I've set these goals that may be a little loftier and I haven't looked at the time frame that was reasonable to accomplish them without compromising other things. Now, as someone who is, I've said before, you know, like my friend Jen always says, a seasoned chicken, not a spring chicken. <laughs> you know, I've been around a block a little bit. I can tell you that I remember turning 30 and feeling like I was supposed to have done it all. I was supposed to have every single you know, I checked and T crossed the house, the marriage, the home. The, I was supposed to have everything done. And one thing that I know, you know, a couple years into it, that not only is that not a reasonable expectation, but I've let go of when things are supposed to be done and I'm more focused on how they're done. I want to make sure that I show up into my most successful moments feeling healthy and good about how I got there. And that's the shift that I hope that you embrace, Portia. I hope that you understand that nothing matters more than being in the present and enjoying the journey. So if you're newly married, focus on that. Celebrate. Love and be excited about your partner. If you are starting a new career, focus on that. You know, focus on being able to do the best you can where you are, learning and asking questions, and developing relationships that are going to be fruitful. And if you're wanting to start a family and there feels like there's some urgency around that, understand that everything happens at the right time. I was married for seven years before my three girls showed up in my world. And for those of you who are listening or new here and you're wondering, how did she become an adoptive mom? That is episode one, the very first episode of the Nicole Walters podcast. And it deserves a dedicated episode because the story is a mind blower. So definitely go back and listen to that. But Portia, I do want to let you know, it was seven years. And we were married for seven years, and I didn't expect at any moment to round that corner in Baltimore and 
stumbled into these incredible children. And I definitely at no moment was planning to be a mom, but one thing led to the next. It evolved and it has become the greatest blessing and privilege and honor in my life. So I also want to encourage you to know that families are built in a lot of different ways. And little did I know my children were born and walking around this world for years and I just hadn't met them yet. So the time will come where you'll be able to invite that love into your life one way or another. But I do want you to know that right now, you are still worthy. You are still valuable. You are not measured in your accomplishments around your marriage, your uh, fertility, or your career, and that you're allowed to have joy in this moment, even if you're not doing a single thing but sitting on the couch eating chips. So I'm sending my love to you, and I'm hoping that you recognize that there's joy in today. Hi, Nicole. I was wondering, how do you release a friendship that has been great for you? It's helped you grow. The person, you're so thankful and supportive of that person. And you try to show that you care and do as much as you can for them to reciprocate what they've done for you. But then you just kind of feel that you know that's coming to an end. And you know it's hard when you want honesty and you just kind of feel that there is passive aggressiveness in it and they don't want to be honest with you. The situation is that my friend, he is getting married and I'm more than happy for him. Uh, He was going to have guests up until a week ago. He's eloping in Florida. He's going to have about four uh, people come down. And I was one of the four. Um, Then he tells me at the beginning of the day that no one's coming. And I was like, okay, that's fine. That's great. You know, I'm not entitled to go into a wedding. You know, I'm honored if you want me there in the first place. Uh, Then later, uh, we share a bathroom and I hear him and his fiance talking about having her just two people coming up and like I just casually like brought it up later he said oh no no one's coming no one's coming and then I like I know he's lying about it and I guess like in my head like it's just been looping in my head all week and I don't care that you have people coming to the wedding because it's not about me you know I want to be there to support you and obviously it's your choice who you have there you know but it really hurts me that you didn't just say that to me and you're continually lying to me about it. And I guess that really hurts me that you don't respect me enough. Um, cause I would do the same for a person if I had to change my plans for a wedding and originally you're going to come cause I, I would tell you, but anyways, I just want your advice on that, how to get over that situation. Cause that's just, has been cycling in my head for the past few days. And I'm just really, um, heartbroken over it. Oh man, these friendship questions. I tell you, you know, it's so interesting because as we get older, relationships become more fruitful, more meaningful and closer, but more complex, right? So um, releasing friendships are (laughs) something that I think when we're younger, we don't realize we're going to have to do, but you kind of get past your late 20s and you start realizing that if you have a friend who's in your life that really isn't supportive or helpful or, you know, providing value, you know, in a mutual way, they don't have to be a perfect person, but that it actually can impact other things, you know. And as we start really valuing our time more because we're pursuing other accomplishments, we start really being a little bit more particular about who we invite into our life. So this is a tough situation. The first thing I'm going to call out is what I think we all know. Weddings turn people into monsters. Holy cannoli. Like, it's amazing because somebody that you think is perfectly sane and rational and has it all together. I mean, they get engaged and it's like, who are you? You know, like, it's just, it's 
amazing. One of the things that I think would take the edge off of that is if we all just started celebrating more moments, right? Getting together with the people we love more often than at a wedding or a funeral, because then you're less likely to get explosions and fireworks when those times happen. But aside from all of that, you know, when I heard what you were saying here, Mitch, all I could think was the foundation of any amazing, long-lasting, and beneficial relationship is truth. It's honesty. It's transparency. And if at any point in time you find yourself consistently questioning whether or not those things are legitimate, whether or not there's value behind it, whether or not you can rely on that person to show up and do what they say they will do, well, that's why it gets stuck in your head. Because it's natural for us as people to make backup plans, to make contingencies, to sit here and say to ourselves, well, if this person's not reliable, what do I have to do to compensate for that? And that's why it's looping in your head. I mean, it's hurtful, yes, that they weren't truthful about the situation, but the situation's not the part so much as the fact that they weren't truthful. And so that's the big question that I'm going to put back on your plate. Are you willing to accept someone in your life who may not be honest with you all the time, who may not do what they say they will do for whatever reason? And how much space, heart space, and energy are you willing to dedicate to knowing in advance that they've already shown themselves to be that person? And frankly, if people show you who they are, you should believe them. And I say this as someone who's had to release friendships. And I say this, you know, being fully transparent as someone who's been released I've had friendships where um, I talk about this in episode, I can't remember which episode it was, it was season one and um, of the Nicole Walters podcast. And I was talking about uh, how I learned in college. I think I was maybe 21. And one of my you know good friends at the time that I was very close with actually told me, sat me down, uh, very mature and said, look, you know, Nicole, I can't be your friend anymore. You're too extra, you know? And that I was just a lot and that they had goals and they wanted to get into Yale Law School. And I was, you know, always trying to, you know, let's go get lunch and let's go have fun. And, you know, sure, we can study, but let's also hang out and get a pizza. And it just, they could not maintain the balance of a friendship with me in addition to these high aspirational goals that they'd set for themselves based on their skills. And so it was difficult for me to hear. So I'm speaking as your friend on the other side, but I'm telling you, even now, many, many years later, I'm not going to do the exact number of years the math does not matter uh, between how old I was in college and how old I am now. However, (laughs) many, many years later, I still draw from that because the lesson I got out of that, you know, was one, people can opt out of you if you display behaviors that don't suit their life. And two, how you show up in a relationship will help determine the benefit, the growth, and the value of that relationship. So, I just want to let you know that I know it didn't feel good to have to experience that. And I know that it is difficult as we get older and refine kind of what we're seeking in our friendships. But I also want to let you know that you should never deny someone the opportunity to learn from loss. And this may be a valuable learning experience from your friend on how they may need to adapt, move, and grow so they can maintain friendships with amazing people like you. So I wish you the best. I know it'll all work out. And if nothing else, eat more cake. (laughs) So y'all, 
typically, I would actually talk about Don't Make Yourself content here, which is, you know, if you're new to the podcast, essentially where I just grab something and I say, look, like you saw this thing happen on the internet. What a hot mess. Let's not make ourselves content. And uh, we've had a lot of award shows in the past couple months, you know, the Grammys, the Oscars, all that good stuff. But for this chat, what I actually want to do is just do a little bit of backstory because I know some of you guys are new as I introduce our next guest. So I've mentioned before, and or you may have read, that I am a adoptive mother to three incredible girls, ages 10, 20 now, and 22. And I met my three girls in Baltimore, Maryland, on the side of the road. Their mother was panhandling and going through a difficult time, and I stepped into their life as a mentor, at least that was my intention, you know, and a support system, helping them with school, groceries, thing of that sort. But after about a month's time, their mother shared that she'd be incarcerated for about a year, and the girls would either be split up, put into uh, professional custody, or um, otherwise assigned, you know, into a situation where they wouldn't necessarily receive the care and attention that they need. And so um, in lieu of that, I stepped in and said, well, they can stay with me. (laughs) So once their mother uh, was released, it became very clear that uh, the ongoing support and care of the kids, you know, was best within my home. And we all kind of collectively agreed. Um, And that was eight years ago. So eight years ago, I took in a three-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And over the past eight years, I've become full legal custody, full legal mother of um, three incredible girls. And they are my greatest blessing. And I am so, so thankful to have them. But having had that, you know, lived so much life in just a span of eight years, so much of which has been documented on uh, my show on USA Network, She's the Boss, but also through this podcast. uh, If you want to hear the full story, that's episode one of the Nicole Walters podcast, episode one, season one. But it also has really forced me to become a mother a lot quicker than I guess I anticipated. Um, I got three girls who were deficient in in several societal marks, you know, but completely whole in everything God gave them in terms of purpose. And we spent a lot of time, you know, checking a lot of boxes and uh, around education and health and uh, value systems and teachings. But I also had to quickly adapt to what it meant to be a mother over a mentor. A mentor may uh, stand there and provide support and guidance, but a mother is there unconditionally for the highs and the lows. And um, I don't know if you guys are hearing my voice quiver a little bit. It's probably the most valuable role and the greatest privilege I've ever had. And if you're a mom or even, you know, a sister or play any sort of role in um, another person's life in this way, I think you understand what I mean. It's something that you cherish. It's something that terrifies you. And it's something that you take very seriously because you recognize how important it is around shaping another human. So all that being said, I've made mistakes. I am um, more than willing to say that I'm an imperfect mother as I'm trying to figure it out day in and day out. Uh, You know, sometimes I feel like I'm there all the time. Sometimes I feel like I'm there not enough. Sometimes I feel like I'm using a firm hand. Sometimes I feel like I'm not firm enough. I mean, it truly is a challenge. It's the hardest job I've ever done. Give me a business spreadsheet, give me a boardroom and I can nail it. Um, You know, give me a crying kid on a day after, you know, a stressful Zoom call and I'll fall apart and cry in the closet, you know, with a bucket of fudge, you know. So I know my mamas understand. I know you can relate. And one of the greatest things I've had from this community, you know, not just you as the listener, but also on Instagram and Facebook, is that so many of you that are moms have affirmed me by saying, 
none of us know what we're doing. Girl, none of us, <laughs> you know? And right down to when we first got my youngest, uh, Puffin, as you guys know her, or Allie, you know, as we know her, when she was three and I needed to pick a car seat. I mean, you guys were there in the Target saying, hey, you know, try to get this one. And this is the difference between a harness style and make sure that, you know, the buckle is right over her sternum. And I mean, it was just incredible to have the support of you guys here. But with that support, I've also had to make some changes recently. So I've shared so much of their journey out loud on social media because, frankly, I enjoyed the help. (laughs) You know, they say it takes a village and y'all have been my village. And uh, there's a reason we call you the internet aunties. Not only have you, you know, piped in with, you know, valuable help, but you've also uh, prayed for us and celebrated us and covered us and encouraged us. And it's just been such a great blessing to not have to travel this adoption world alone. And I'm grateful for it. But of course, you know, we've always shared things Again, like I always say, when they are scars and not scabs. So, you know, when we were going through our mid-tiny, um, Chrissy, you know, when she was diagnosed with stage four cancer at age 16, uh, we didn't share that journey. And she's fine now, praise God. But we didn't share that, you know, publicly. We didn't walk through that journey with y'all. We shared that after, you know, that journey was shared. And that was actually at her request because she wanted to have the space to go through it without necessarily having to facilitate questions or to um, worry about uh, worrying you guys, you know, and to be able to make decisions without excess input. And, you know, not only did we support her, but we threw that on the table. We said, look, you know, how do you want to handle this? You know, um, because people will see you maybe walking by and things like that. And we just want to make sure that we answer in a way that makes you feel comfortable and supported. And, And that's what this chat is about. That's what I wanted to talk about in this episode, you know, babies and boundaries. Uh, In an increasingly visible world where uh, everything is lived out loud, what do you do when you find yourself, you know, building a social media world, but then also wanting to retract in some ways to create new boundaries to protect you or your loved ones? And I found myself faced with that question over the past year and some. And that question came in because my littlest one uh, is entering her young lady season, you know, where she is not only more self-aware of um, how she is perceived, but she is developing her sense of self around how she wants to be perceived. And it became quickly evident to me that I needed to make shifts in the exposure of my children on social media in order to make sure that they were protected in their various phases of life. And allowed to make their mistakes, allowed to experiment, allowed to grow where they are without the scrutiny and um, feedback even, or even love and support, you know, that may be coming from a place, and love and support meaning love and support and validation that may be coming from a world like social media. And um, some of you may not know this, but, you know, between the ages of 11 and 16, uh, most of my children weren't on social media. So my... um, my middle one was virtually non-existent. People were like, where is she? And it was because uh, during that season, she was like, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want photos. I don't want video. You know, occasionally I'll pop up here and there, but I don't. And a lot of that had to do with that, you know, I think a lot of us women can relate that awkward season where you're kind of figuring out your body and you don't like any photos and you're like, mom, leave me alone, you know, and I honored it. And, uh, the same thing's kind of happening with my little one. She's not awkward at all. She's actually very extroverted and, you know, loves a camera, but 
I've already decided to kind of pump the brakes on that to give her time to kind of figure out how she feels about herself before she has to figure that out through the lens of someone else. And the feedback I've received on social media from the internet aunties and from people like you has been overwhelmingly generous, grace-filled, and very much like an auntie. You guys are thrilled to see our babies being covered, you know, and protected, even though we all miss You know, I miss sharing the day-by-day wins with you guys, and you guys miss seeing their smiles and their faces, but I think we all agree that nothing matters more than their mental well-being, their sense of self, and their future. And, you know, at 22, Lord knows, when uh, my eldest is 22 and my middle one's 20, Lord knows that we would not, all of us, I think, collectively can agree, how we do not want a camera following us in our 20s. Am I right? Am I preaching on that one? Thank God that we did not have social media for my 20s because people would be asking me to get baptized every six months if you saw some of the stuff I was doing. I was not always saved, okay? (laughs) So I think that you guys can all understand how, you know, my girls' 20s definitely don't need to be filmed. And of course, the preteen, early teenage adolescence is naturally awkward, and you better believe that I'm not sharing it. But today, on today, I have a treat for y'all. So In talking about babies and boundaries and sharing with you guys now why I've made some of these shifts, I also talked about it with Allie, my littlest one. She's 10 now. And I asked her, I said, hey, you know, we've had lots of conversations around boundaries. We've had lots of conversation around responsibilities. We've had lots of conversation around mommy-daughter relationships to kind of figure out what makes you comfortable and if you like the way that I'm showing up for you. And if you're okay with it, I'd love to have some of these conversations out loud where they may be helpful to you know, some of the internet aunties and our internet nieces and nephews um, and her internet cousins, you know, so that maybe they can have some of those conversations too. So I don't do interviews often, but on today's episode, I'm here with Allie. Allie is chatting with us about uh, everything, about how she's grown up, about her thoughts around boundaries. She's explaining what they are and some ideas around how to respect them. She's talking about it from a kid perspective. And what I hope you hear, you know, as we talk through this conversation is how grown up she is. She's such a mature girl and I'm floored. You know what I mean? Like this is my first baby I've like raised through this age range. And it's just amazing to see how she's really developing into a a young woman. But I'm also really proud Because when she talks about these things, it makes me feel good because my one job as a parent or, you know, one of the many, but one of the most important is to make sure that she's safe in this world. And there's nothing safer than empowering your children to know that their voice matters, that they can create boundaries that make them feel safe wherever they are, and that they are also entitled to remove or to affirm those boundaries whenever they're crossed or disrespected. So um, it's my hope that in our chat today that you're able to get some lessons and kind of hear the dynamic and maybe have some conversations of your own uh, with your children or with your friends even around boundaries and recognize that, you know, I know that for me, I understood that if a 10-year-old can get it, you better believe that I can do it. So I'm excited to bring Allie on so we can chat. And of course, um, internet aunties, this is a real treat. So Allie, let's chat. Hey, cutie pie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You're good. Awesome. So you know that I've had this podcast for a while now, right? Yep. Yep. And also, I don't know if you know this, but I typically don't do interviews. Like I don't bring anyone fancy pants on. I don't do any interviews because basically, how could I do an interview with anyone when you are the coolest person I know? 
Good point. Good point, right? I don't want to put that pressure on other people to try to be as cool as you when you're the coolest of the cool, right? Mm -hmm. That's right, Judy. So I am excited because I couldn't think of a better opportunity for us to chat than this episode. Now, you didn't get to hear the beginning part, Cutie, but this episode is actually all about boundaries, personal respect, and doing our best being a mom and trying to make sure that we are doing our very, very best every single day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could tell all these stories or I could bring on someone who could help me. And that's why you're here. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So thank you for being here. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Perfect. I know you have a busy schedule, so... I don't have that busy of a schedule. I just have homework. That's true, but you made room for me. So thank you so much. I will make sure to talk to your assistants and let them know how much I appreciated this space. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Perfect. So uh, I was talking earlier about how uh, one thing that people may have noticed on social media, you know, my Instagram and my Facebook pages and all that, is that I don't really post a ton of you and your sisters anymore, that I'm not really posting a lot of pictures and videos and things like that, um, because you guys are growing up. You're growing up and you're getting out there. And uh, every time I do post something, people are like, Puffin is tall? What is going on? So I wanted to know, how do you feel about that? Does it feel good to know that you have that privacy or does it feel weird? What are your thoughts? I feel kind of normal because I'm usually just in the house or at school. Mm -hmm. Either way, sure. Yeah. So a lot of the internet aunties and some of my internet friends that are listening, they are always wondering, you know, what should I share about my kids and what shouldn't I share about my kids? Because I want to make sure that my kids feel good about themselves, but I also want to make sure I don't share anything that might embarrass them. And you know the word embarrass, right? Where you feel kind of awkward and stuff. So what advice do you have for moms that are trying to figure out like what's a good thing to share that makes their kid feel good and what maybe shouldn't be shared? Um, You should probably ask your kid first before you post anything. That's really good. That's great advice. That's great advice. Whenever you, like some adults are saying, um, ask before you post. Mm-hmm, that's good. That's yeah. really good. And then um, why do you think that matters? Because, I mean, a, a lot of people say, well, I'm the adult and I can do what I want. But is that how we do things in our family? No. Yeah. If you're an adult, uh, do you still need to respect the kids? Yeah. Yeah. Because so. kids have the same rights as adults. That's right. In terms of like their feelings and their body and all that stuff, right? Yeah, because we're basically all the same person, mm-hmm. except one's way older than That's, the other. What do you mean way older? Hold on a second. <laughs> okay, not way older. Probably like 20 years older. Okay, that sounds about right. Your math is mathing. I, I received that. <laughs> I received that, cutie pie. How old is how yeah. old is mom again? Um, What was the second digit again? I just had a birthday. Yeah, I know. I can't. They tell between 26 and 27. Oh, I know. It's just, it's just so blurry. We'll just stick with in that range. Okay. In that range. Okay. okay perfect. You're, you know, you're my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, so that said, what you're talking about then is you're talking about this thing called boundaries. And we've talked about that, right? Where you're, you know, no matter who you are, you're allowed to say, this is what makes me comfortable and this is what doesn't make me comfortable. Right. So yep. um, tell me a little bit about what boundaries mean to you when I explained it to you and also what you understand it to be. I think boundaries are like kind of like whenever you're in a room and they're mm-hmm. like walls. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like I think usually it's like a wall that like two separate walls. 
like how you have a wall on each side. Right. There's like a good wall mm-hmm. and you can share about it wall. Yes. And then there's like a, please don't share this. this it's going to embarrass me wall. Oh, I couldn't have explained it. Honestly, this is a better explanation of boundaries than I think I gave. And this is why you're the expert. This is why you're here. So, uh, yes, it's that we can make our own walls that say this makes us comfortable and this doesn't make us comfortable. And so for any of the kids that are listening right now and are hearing about boundaries and you just explained it so well, what are some examples of like good, healthy boundaries that, you know, even if you're a kid, you're able to say to your friends or even to your mom and dad, if it's something that you think makes you uncomfortable? Um, You could probably make a list on like specific things that oh, make you so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like if your worst fear is small spaces mm-hmm. like mine, mm-hmm. then you can just say, please don't share that I have the fear of small spaces because my other friends don't think it's really cool. That's so good. Oh my gosh. That's so, so, so good. And then what about boundaries around your body? You know, we talk about that all the time, that like your body is a private thing. Is it a good idea, you think, for if any kids are listening right now to share with either their moms or, um, you know, their friends certain things about their body, like how they want to be touched or not touched? Uh, No, I don't think it's like a good thing to share things about your body because mm-hmm. your body is your own wall. Yeah, right. That's right. It's a private boundary, right? So if yeah. you're somebody who doesn't like hugs, would it be safe to make that boundary and say, I don't like hugs? Uh, Yeah. You should probably say um, either, please don't hug me politely mm-hmm. or, um, well, that's pretty much it because you don't want to be hugged. That's right. That's right. And then what do you think the job is of the adult whenever there is a tough time with understanding the boundary? Because sometimes people don't like your boundaries. They're like, what do you mean I can't give you hugs? Word is that Allie gives the best hugs on the planet. So what do you mean I can't give you hugs? So what happens then if somebody doesn't want to listen to one of your boundaries? Well, you should probably think back about what one of their own words Mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. Like, how Chrissy says, like, stranger danger. Yeah, stranger then, danger, right? Yeah, then you might not want to, like, hug a sh- random stranger that you don't know about. That's true. And you can always get help with your boundaries, right? Yeah. So if you're having a hard time making sure someone understands and respects them, who do you think you can ask? Maybe every kid could make a list of people who could help them? You could probably ask an adult okay. or a kid or teenager that mm-hmm. your parents trust. That's perfect. Oh, I'm telling you. Y'all, if you are listening right now, I want you to understand that Puffin here is 10 years old and she has a firm understanding of boundaries, how they affect your life, how they help you grow and develop into an amazing person. And you can also understand that this is um, super impactful stuff that helps shape who you are and how you show up. And I mean, if she can do it, we can do it too. I know I'm feeling inspired. So let's shift the conversation a little bit. Now, Cutie Pie, I want to, I'm calling you Cutie Pie. I should be like Allie, my official interview guest. <laughs> yeah. So Allie, or I don't know if it's like Miss Walters. You know, I should be very fancy about it. But I do want to know, let's talk a little bit about responsibilities. So, you know, you've been a very responsible kid for a long time. I mean, you've always kind of done a good job taking care of things and taking care of your responsibilities. What are some responsibilities that you have? I have to do my own laundry, which makes sense because it's not anyone else's clothes. <laughs> okay, that's but true. you could do someone else's clothes if you wanted to. I guess, yeah, to be helpful. I mean, sometimes you help your sister by like switching over loads and things like that for her, right? Yeah, like if she's not here and if she's at school and I have like 
spring break or something. Right. No, totally. And so how long have you been doing your laundry for everyone who's listening? Um, I think since I was four. <laughs> I don't really remember. It was really since you were about six. <laughs> when you were four, oh. you couldn't reach the buttons, kiddo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, since you're about six, you've been taking care of your laundry and you do all the steps, right, by yourself? Yeah. Yeah, so you fold and wash and put away and all that stuff. And you do an excellent job. Can I just say your clothing is looking very tidy today and you look sharp. Thank you. <laughs> You're a lovely, beautiful girl. So uh, what other responsibilities do you have to, like, help out the household and to grow yourself as a person? Um, I feed the dogs. I mm-hmm. wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes wipe down the counters if they're super duper dirty. That's right. And you take care of your room? Yep. And your homework? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then you help and pitch out wherever you can because I think you're just a helpful girl in general. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes you not want to do your responsibilities. Like, do you, because I know as an adult, I have my days where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. I just want to eat candy. I want to eat fudge. I want to eat popcorn. I don't want to move. I'm going to watch shows about seeing eye guide dogs get being fuzzy like that's all I want to do right so yeah do you ever have days where you do not want to do your responsibilities uh yeah but I then I think like forward that like I might have like a day off of doing responsibilities okay so you start thinking ahead saying if I take care of it today that's fine because I might have a day later where I can not have to worry about it yeah oh so responsible my goodness you are such a motivation we all need to work hard to be just like you. You're absolutely amazing. So one more thing I wanted to talk about before I let you go back to your razzle-dazzle, fancy-pants life um, is I wanted to talk about mommy-daughter time, you know, and uh, one-to-ones. So everyone always asks me about these because they're always like, when Allie's having a tough day or when any of your girls are having a tough day, you know, how do you guys handle it? And I explain that we do one-to-ones. So do you want to explain kind of what one-to-ones are to you? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think one-to-ones are like whenever two people talk to each other about like their bad days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like if one person is having a bad day, then they can like tell about their day and how they moved on. Yep. Okay. That's so good. That's so good. And whenever you're having a tough day, you know that you can grab any adult for a one-to-one, right? Yep. Yep. And so uh, it's something that I always try to tell anyone who's listening that we've done those for, my gosh, how long have we had one-to-ones? I feel like forever. Forever. Yeah, I know. I'm like, since you were probably like two or three, I remember one time you had a friend over to the house and she got upset, you know, and you ran down the stairs. You were probably only like four or five and you were like, mom, mom, she needs a (laughs) one-to-one. She doesn't know what that is, but she needs one. (laughs) And we went upstairs and we did a one-to-one to to, um, help her calm down and, you know, figure out her feelings and stuff. So do you think one-to-ones are helpful in creating spaces where, you know, little kids can feel good talking to their adults? Uh, yes. Yeah, they're good. And then um, let's talk a little about mommy-daughter days. Now, our oh, yay. Mo- oh, yay. Yeah. So uh, let's describe what a mommy-daughter day is so that, you know, if people don't have them, and this is the kids are going to love this. So kids, if you're listening, now's the time to look at your mom and be like, yeah, we need those. <laughs> so let's talk about mommy-daughter days. What are they? So they are when you go on a trip to somewhere that is not home. Mm -hmm. Well, you could stay home and just watch a movie or something. Probably good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you could also just go somewhere else Mm -hmm. and chill out. And chill out and do like an activity or something like that. But it may not even be an activity. Sometimes it's just really spending time together, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, do you like mommy-daughter days? 
Yep. I love them. They're my favorite. So what are some of your favorite uh, mommy-daughter day things? Like, I know sometimes you do big activities, but we also do little stuff. So what's like an example of a big activity mommy-daughter day that you loved? Um, I can't think of like super duper big things. Yeah, they're usually, they're like days. They're not like big, big, big things. But one of my favorites was uh, when we went to Nickelodeon Slime. Oh, yeah. That was a fun I saw my I Got Slime shirt. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you got slimed really good. <laughs> so yeah. that was fun. But sometimes we do tiny stuff, too, like um, just go to the market or do big activities, you know, like things like oh, that. Yeah. yeah, or get our nails done or just get ice cream. Or sometimes you just spend the day with me, like going to do errands or to the mall. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Our mall trips are always... You can't see her face right now, y'all, but uh, she's making the face of someone who enjoys our mall trips very much. And why, just go ahead and share with everyone, Allie, why are mall trips some of your favorite mommy-daughter days, young lady? Well, they're my favorite because whenever we go to the mall, mom says, okay, so we're going to get this and this and this for me. And then we end up walking out and I'm holding most of the bags. Oh, really? Because they're all for me. (laughs) And then mom holds some of the bags. Because some of those are also for me. Yes, that's right. We walk in with a plan to get me things, and we walk out with you with a whole bunch of stuff, and I get nothing. So, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like mommy-daughter days work out pretty well, huh? Yep. It's awesome, awesome. So, I got to say, it's been such a treat having you here to chat with me and all of the internet aunties and everyone's so excited to hear your voice. And for those who are watching, um, you know, the video are able to see you as well because they don't get to see as much of you as on social media anymore because you're just growing and maturing and becoming such, you know, a big girl. And I'm trying to give you your privacy while you do that. But um, it's such a treat because they get to see you and everyone cares about you so much because you're such a super kid. They've seen you since you were a wee, wee, little, little, little baby with no teeth right? To this big, tall girl with this huge smile, you know, and and they're just so excited to see you grow up. So thank you so much for sharing everything. You are absolutely my favorite guest to have here. I also got my Christmas wish. What, what was your Christmas wish? For my two front teeth. <laughs> Delivered right on time, right? Yep. <laughs> Perfect. You know, I'm so glad you're here. I love you so much. And you are just absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom because you are one smart cookie. And thank you so much for being here. And uh, we'll have you back probably in a, in a couple years, right? When you're even taller and I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Say bye to your and aunties. Bye. Another great chat. I love spending time together. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And then come hang out with me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. I'll be back here next week and I hope you are too. See you there, friend.